people calling me now? People are calling. We're live, and uh, we're live on LinkedIn. This is <laughs> I'm super excited about this. Um, so this is out from the cube. I think we're. Uh, I always say this in all these LinkedIn lives. We're on week three, day four of of at least me being um, you know quarantined to the house. So this is day four of week three, and I think it's week uh, week two of homeschooling. Um, so <laughs> yes. I've reached, yes, it, 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 is. it is. So yeah. I've reached out to a, a number of people that I've been, um, uh, that I'm connected with on LinkedIn, getting connected with people that have reached out to me that have started conversations with me and, um, and I've asked them essentially to kind of be on this LinkedIn live if schedule permits. And we're fortunate today that we have Jeff and Jeff and I do not know each other at all. I think <laughs> we connected with each other maybe less than a week ago. How did I get with, here? Yeah, how did you yeah. end up here? And <laughs> and so we've uh, don't know, never have talked to each other. And so I love this format. I love meeting new people. I I love learning about new people, getting a different perspective on leadership and teams and speaking and things in the business world and what drives people and what makes people successful. And so I, I'm definitely connected with that group of people on LinkedIn. So, um, you know, and Jeff is one of that. I guess the first question would be, how do you say your last, <laughs> how, how do you pronounce your last name? How do you say your last name? The last name is Kozatek. Kozatek. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. The I is in there just to, just to mess with people. Okay. Well, mine is Evian uh, and the, and people get thrown off with the J. So the J is a Y, but it, or See, something along those lines. Yep. We've got similarities already. This yeah, there fantastic. we go. You got the yeah, This is great. So um, Jeff, real quick, introduce yourself. Let, let Even myself, what, what, what do you do? And, and how did we, uh, I know we got connected on LinkedIn, but, but what do you do for a living? Hey, George. <laughs> nice to meet you. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Kozatek with Core Authenticity. Uh, my goal is to help people live bold, core, authentic lives so they can generously serve each other. Uh, I believe when we're doing that, we can experience more personal freedom and professional success. So to help people out, I speak through keynotes, I do trainings, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching, I do corporate coaching, and I come out of a 20-year background in entertainment, which has been really, really cool. Really? 20 yeah. year background. So let's start there. 20, like, are you currently still, Ish. do you do some things in entertainment or you, is that another life? Like, uh, do you not do uh, that I anymore? Do. I've actually brought it, brought it back because of uh, the current situation we find ourselves in. Right. I feel like people really need to laugh. So um, around St. Louis, Missouri, I'm known as Juggling Jeff. That's what I, okay. the name I perform under. So right now I'm doing Facebook live videos at the Juggling Jeff Facebook page. We're doing these mini, uh, mini shows just, uh, just to share some laughter and, and some smiles. I've also started doing these, uh, parties on the porch. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because you can't, you know, with the social distancing, we're like stuck like this, but mm -hmm. we want to be like that. So I thought, um, I was talking with a neighbor and she came up with this amazing idea because we were just walking down the street the other day performing for the neighborhood kids. And she's like, ah, oh, you should do that for everybody else. So for parties on the porch, I come to your sidewalk. You sit on your porch. We're six to ten feet apart, social distancing. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then we do it like a 15, 20-minute show. And it's just for you. Wow. Yeah, good for you. So what, what does a uh, party on the porch, uh, <laughs> and when you end up on my sidewalk performing yep. – what what is the performance? Is it you juggling and telling stories and jokes, or is it balloon yes. animals and and things of that <laughs> nature? Right? <laughs> no, 
no, no, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't do the balloon animals. <laughs> no, it's, it, it is juggling. It's comedy. We might do an escape, uh, but it's, it's my, my comedy shows are all about uh, building a relationship with the audience and creating a space where you feel safe to be you. So I'm taking all that from the stage and bringing it to the sidewalk. And we're just going to have some human interaction face to face, albeit 10 feet apart, <laughs> but we're right. still going to be interacting live and in person. I do my, my comedy juggling show and, uh, and we have a good time. So, so talk a little bit about 20 years in entertainment. What like, is it comedy that you did? Is it like stand up comics? Is it, is uh, in, it in entertainment? Like, what, what was it? Yeah. The entertainment, the 20 years, what, what, what did you do? <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I've produced uh, videos. I've done uh, national touring theater shows. I've managed those. I had an entertainment company. We worked as a oh, booking we lost agency. Oh, okay. I'm back. Oh, no, we lost you. You're back. You're back. You're okay. back. Hey. Yeah. Well, and that's pretty much it. No, we lost. We lost all that. Yeah. No. What? What is it? I know. It was amazing. It was a. That was the best part. <laughs> oh man. Um, for the last 20 plus years, you know, I've performed as a as a live entertainer, as a juggler, fire guy, stilt walker, uh, stage MC, game show host. I've also done acting for camera and theater. I've done voiceover work. I had oh, an wow. entertainment company where we worked as a video production company. We produced theater. I managed national touring acts that would uh, travel all over the country. Uh, we've yeah. done event management, and uh, we used to work as a booking agency. I've also worked in casting, and I had a photography business for a while. Man. So yeah, entertainment so you, stuff. Yeah. So so <laughs> how does one get into that? So when you started that, there I was. You know, twenty years ago. Um, you know what 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 was it that got you into like all of that? Uh, I started acting when I was four. Okay. And then uh, picked up juggling around eleven. And then I thought the juggling, like I wanted to be a film actor. So I studied acting in New York City, uh, moved to Los Angeles to pursue that. And along the way, I thought that uh, juggling would be an asset to my acting career. So I picked that up and I just kept picking up more stuff and it became its own job. And mm. um, yeah, it just, it just kept uh, cascading from there. That's great. So now, did you grow up in the St. Louis area? Are you from here originally? I did. I did. I grew up oh. in uh, Baldwin. In the Baldwin but, area, okay. Yeah, but it's crazy, then, man. I, I grew up in Baldwin, and then I lived in in New York City, and then I was in L.A., and now I'm back here, and they're all they're all very different. <laughs> so, so how, uh, so for somebody from the Midwest that wants to go into acting and kind of pursue that, and then you end up in New York City and Los Angeles, um, yeah. Did, did you know? Like, let's just take the New York City, uh, you know, uh, event. When you go to New York City, did you know people there? Like, were you? I did. did you have some connections there? So it wasn't like you just went blind and said, hey, I'm going to go make it and I'm going to be on Broadway or something along those lines. But you actually knew some people that could navigate the entertainment industry in New York City for you or help you along? Uh, I knew a guy that, that lived there. So I had a place to stay and he was connected with the with the local film community. Uh, so that was helpful. But the, the craziest thing it happened, man, I was I was street performing in Central Park, throwing fire around. And this guy, uh, Michael Miller, walks up to me. <laughs> Mm. he's an actor that I'd performed with in St. Louis. And I thought, mm. well, what are the odds that, that my St. Louis connection would catch up with me in New York city in central park? Like there's, there are a lot of people up there. Mm, right. But now, so, no, it, so was, how, it was a lot of fun. How long were you in New York city doing 
doing that that part of your life, pursuing that in New York City? Uh, not long. I was I was just up there for a few months. Uh, I was up there specifically to study under a guy named Gene Frankel, and so I, I studied acting there and I did a lot of street performing. Uh, and I realized that New York City was not for me. That I'm more of a of a camera guy, and that Los Angeles was the place that I had to go. So and that was something that. Uh, you know, I, and again, I don't know this industry, and so if I don't ask the questions correctly, I apologize. Sure. But is that something you figured out for yourself, or did somebody kind of tell you or mentor you along that lines, or did you just sit here and say, "Man, none of this is for me. I need to go." And somebody said, "Hey, you know what, Jeff? You should be in L.A. Do, pursuing this there." You you're talking about figuring out L.A. Yeah. over New York? Yeah. Like, how do you figure out like? Like, was it just the, the vibe and energy of New York City or the city itself? Or was it the community? Or did somebody that was mentoring yeah. you say, you know what, you should roll out there? Uh, it might have been it might have been the community that I was in. But everywhere I looked at that particular time, New York seemed to be wired to help people get in, into theater. Everything was was theater focused and not gotcha. just theater, but musical theater focused. And uh, hmm. that's not that was not something that I was interested in. I wanted to do more film work. Uh, and all of that seemed to be happening in L.A. So it was more about paying attention to the environment, seeing what was going on, seeing the opportunities here versus L.A. and realizing that was a better fit for me. Yeah. So we actually yeah. the podcast and these LinkedIn lives, we actually talk a fair amount about, you know, goals and leadership and teams and personal development and th just stuff I geek out on and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. But what I what and I'm just going to take this away. And, and I this is what what I am taking away from you. Um, already. And I don't think I don't think you have said this, but then, um, you know, there's this idea of, you know, the macro didn't change for you. You know, like this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be in theater. I'm going to be in entertainment. And these are the skills that I have. And this is what I the offer and the value that I can provide for people. The macro didn't change, but no. the micro probably changed a lot for you, like New York City, theater, Central Park. Ah, eh, this isn't for me. So I'm going to go to L.A., different community, different, um, you know, different values that, that I can get plugged into, different people, different right. whatever it might be. But the macro stayed the same. All right, the yeah. macro, stayed, but the micro and how you were getting to there. You know, which I think is important. I think that those are the things, you know, we should be locked in on what we want to achieve and do and become without uh, being, you know, totally married to the micro. Like all that can change. Right. And it seems like that definitely yeah. changed for you. Right. <laughs> just, just continuing yeah. to evaluate what you want and who you want to become. Well, I, there, there's so much there to unpack, George. <laughs> like, because, I, you know, if, if you were to take that, um, take that to the next. Well, here. I, we got to we got to do a little backstory first. Can yeah, we do that. Yeah, we have to absolutely. Have yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so I, as a kid, I had these uh, these two messages. One uh, one message that I got said, "Find something you love to do and make that your job." Uh, I love art and people, so that's why I pursued the the entertainment career. The other message that I got that was unintentional was you, your value is what you do. So if I wasn't performing, if I wasn't doing well in school, if I wasn't creating art. Uh, I saw the backs of a lot of heads. And so I learned that I needed to perform for your attention. Uh, and that, that's, mm. that's not really healthy. So that drove me into this, this, this crazy entertainment career where I was doing 350 shows every year for more than 15 years on top of the video Ooh. production company and the entertainment company and everything else. Um, mm. and, and when, when people started talking to me about focus, I didn't know how to, how to do that because uh, my focus, my lens was find something you love to do. And so that was art and entertainment for me. Mm. Uh, I did not know how to stop or say no. I could make those pivots like what you're talking about. 
and saying, okay, well, here's, here's the goal. I am an entertainer. This is my identity. This is a source of my value. This is what makes me worth people's time. And can I do that in New York? Yes. Can I do it better in LA? Absolutely. So I need to need to make the switch. LA was just a better fit for me. New York can be a better fit for, for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it wasn't until I met, uh, Jeff Arthur with the values conversation, we were having a, uh, a talk (laughs) in between radio. Yeah. I know Jeff really well. I know Jeff really, really well. Well, that is great. Well, so so Jeff and I were, were doing this radio interview where he was hosting, and in between takes, we were talking about focus, and he's like, I can help you with your focus. I was like, no, you can't. He goes, I can help you in an hour. And I said, no, I've been working on this for four years. And he goes, okay, give me give me two. Give me two hours. Hmm. And so we got hmm. together, and after those two hours, I had I had a new lens, right? I knew who I was. I was able to start separating who I was as a human being apart from what I was doing. And I was mm-hmm. able to set that down and say, okay, well, let's take an honest look at what drives your entertainment. You know, oh, okay, it's it's about creating that safe space, right? So that you can take your mask off, your survival mask, and just be you and have a genuine laugh next to somebody else. And then mm-hmm. I started thinking, oh, well, that only lasts 45 minutes for a show. Uh, what do you do with the rest of your life? Like, that's just a 45-minute break if you allow yourself to do that. And a lot of people don't. So I started asking, how could I help people more than just a break? So that's when I started speaking on value and how that plays out in the way we lead others, the way we communicate, the way we use grit to get things done and face adversity. Um, And then I went back to Jeff. I got certified through the values conversation to do coaching. Uh, Recently, I joined the John Maxwell team. So I'm continuing to add tools so I can help walk with people to create that sustainable change. And... Mm -hmm. And when you're talking about uh, macro and, and micro levels, uh, I think for me and a, and a lot of people, we, we make a decision to, um, I don't know, go into or, or orange juice manufacturing. This is what mm-hmm. I'm going to do with my life. I'm going to make orange juice. Uh, and then the, the, the climate changes, <laughs> the world mm-hmm. shifts, and we can no longer make orange juice. And if, if the, the, the micro is our focus and the source of our, our value, we can't make that pivot. We can't change because mm. now everything that I was is, is gone. If, if New York City was it for me, then I was, and I was totally focused on that and not focused on the bigger picture at the time, I would not have been able to pivot and, and have a sustainable career. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. I love it. I mean, yeah. I love it. Boy, you said... Uh, I mean, we could talk offline about this. So (laughs) for people listening, when we talked, uh, we, Jeff and I were catching up quickly just to get, get to know each other before I clicked record. Um, I just was making the comment and I made it here on our LinkedIn live, just about reaching out and connecting with people. Cause you just don't know, you could reach out to a hundred people on LinkedIn and other platforms and one person, one person, 1% you could get connected with that could change your life or give you a perspective uh, that you didn't have before. And it could be, it could really be uh, life changing for you. And I say that because a year or so ago, I did reach out to Jeff Arthur just randomly. <laughs> and I have gotten to know Jeff really well, so much so that we have, uh, you know, um, you know, lunch every couple of weeks. And he is one of those people uh, yeah. that has impacted my life in a substantial way just by reaching out, just a, a random, connect clicking connect buttons and um boy he is a phenomenal uh person that has done quite a bit for me so um yeah so yeah so you you went to la how long were you in la 
Uh, I was in L.A. for five months. <laughs> for five months. Okay, so you went to New York City for a couple months, or, you know, I, I guess you said, right, maybe a month yeah. or two in New yeah. York City. Then you said, hey, this really isn't for me, um, but I'm gonna, now I'm going to go try this in L.A. What was... What was the uh, what was L.A. like in terms of like the entertainment? Because you said something interesting that um, that I, I really appreciate is and, and I guess I would like your uh, a deeper perspective on it. You're fighting for attention. And I would yeah. have to imagine in the entertainment industry in those two places. But now you're in L.A. fighting mm-hmm. for attention in the entertainment industry in L.A. has just got to be painful. Um, and we talk a lot about failure and setbacks and how to pick yourself up. And I would think somebody not from there that didn't grow up there trying to get attention in that industry, in that location, there's a lot of failure. There's a lot of being punched in the face and having to get up the next day. What was, what was, uh, what was that like out there? That, that environment? There, there, there can be a lot of that. Uh, there can be less of that if you have a plan and, Perfect. Uh, I went out so let there. Me, let me let me stop you there. So when you're in a, okay. you're in New York City saying, "Hey, I'm going to L.A." Did you start to? Did you either by yourself or with maybe some mentors or friends that have done it before? Did you sit down and literally come up with a plan of, "Hey, I'm going here. I need to know these people. This is the area. This is the industry. This is whatever it is." Like, how how did you formulate your plan going at before even going out there? Uh, going out there, I, I tried to build a a fellowship. I tried to build a team. I tried to connect with people that were already out there that I could plug into and, and get a lay of the land from them. So people that Mm. would mentor me on, on life in, uh, in LA. Um, I made sure that I had a, a financial cushion that would allow me to make some mistakes early on and not, uh, have to deviate from my plan of performing. Right. And, and Mm -hmm. have to pick up, uh, uh, another, another job that would not allow me to, to do that. Um, and then when I got out to LA, uh, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm a man of faith. And so I went looking specifically for a church and for um, a Bible study for entertainment people. And mm-hmm. uh, because I figured, you know, if you don't, if you go out there and you don't have a support team to help hold you up, <laughs> you're, 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 you're getting ready to get shot up and, and taken down. So I wanted to mm-hmm. make sure that I had a, a solid foundation to stand on of, uh, of, of, of people around me. And mm-hmm. it was there that I was introduced to, to Bob Yerkes. Bob Yerkes is this huge name in the stunt industry. Um, mm-hmm. big, big time stunt coordinator. And, uh, he and I met and he said, Oh, well, I, I, I see you do juggling. I, I, I love circus. I'm all about circus. I used to get shot out of a cannon. I'm like, that's great. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why don't you come over to my house? And so, uh, I go over to, to to Bob's place, and he's got like they shot Circus of the Stars in his backyard. No. <laughs> I mean, he's got this trapeze thing set up. You can he's got an Olympic size um, trampoline. You can do fifty foot high falls in his backyard. He's got this mm. German wheel, like all of this crazy stuff. And and within just a couple of weeks, I found myself working out with a lot of the top stunt coordinators in LA. Uh, I was fighting, I was sword fighting with the Pirates of the Caribbean guys. Like it was just, it was hmm. nuts. And and what I noticed is that a lot of the the actors that I was going up against were out there just to act. Like that was, um, that, that was their lane and they were very narrow and very specific. And a lot of them hadn't had the opportunity to fail or succeed in a, in a low risk environment like, like I had. So, hmm. 
um, so to, to, to face those challenges, I had a level of confidence that a lot of other people didn't. And I think that was because I had failed so much previously before taking it to the next level. And because I had had, um, I'd surrounded myself with, uh, with a good support team. Mm. So I, we, we've done a, a number of podcasts on, and it is a Maxwell thing. So uh, another similarity you and I have, I'm also going through the John Maxwell training. <laughs> so I'm surprised that we haven't, you know, between this, Jeff Arthur this, and John this, Maxwell. This cube just keeps, just keeps yes. changing and, right. and changing. And when you think that's it, it changes again. <laughs> this right. is ridiculous. No, Maxwell's great, and I am working my way through. I mean, he's got you know mounds of content to work through, but also so the the Jeff Arthur connection and the Maxwell uh, training is 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 great. Um, but you know, uh, the, one of the last things it's been maybe a week or two since I've I have been in the Maxwell training and some of his content that he has. But uh, one of the last things I remember reading and going through was building a team. Right. Yeah. And, and that you're all kind of a part of a team. And so that's essentially what you did. You had a plan, but you 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 sent and I love how you phrased it because it's absolutely right. And I need to have more of this perspective is, man, I just built my team. Right. And I knew I was going to get right. kicked around and knocked down and it was going to be challenging and hard. And not everybody just rolls to L.A. and immediately gets uh, the dream job and the dream, you know, income no. and the, the great roles that everybody wants. I'm guessing. Right. And so you were like hey, that. But no, a lot of people think that I'm that good. I am that talented that I can just roll into that town and get it done. But you and, said, and, hey, you and, know what? And so some people are, though, right? Because yeah. some people go out there and, and they have the looks, they have the, the connections, or, or they're, they're just that good. But, but the number of people that can do that, that percentage is like really, really, really small. But they get all this press. So everybody thinks, oh, well, it worked for 0.0001% right. of the population. So it'll work for me, too. And it's just right. It's so what, 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 what happened to the point of six, eight months after arriving in LA that you said, okay, and I'm guessing, I'm guessing, I don't know the whole story, but at some point you said, I'm guessing that you said, I'm going back to St. Louis. Did, did you go from St. Louis to New York to LA back to St. Louis? <laughs> uh, I, I came back to St. Louis for a woman. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so that's interesting. So it wasn't that, um, Things were going well in LA then. I mean, like the the everything you going, were hoping going really really well in LA. Uh, I ended up on cold case. Uh, I was doing a lot of uh, circus stuff. I was doing a lot of uh, stunt stuff. I got hooked up with, I think, a sword sword fight, sword fight LA or L so, sword play, something mm. like that. And they were just about to land something on uh, the History Channel, and and so things were going really really well. And at the same time, I had just met this girl back in St. Louis uh, right before we left, before I left. And so we mm -hmm. were dating long distance, went back home. Um, we, we got married. Um, mm. And that opens up a whole other, whole yeah. other story. But, right. um, but what was when we're talking about source and where our value comes from, uh, when, when she and I got together, uh, she would listen to me talk about shows for like five minutes and then just glaze over and she'd be like, okay. And, and mm. I didn't know what to do with that because uh, I have, I've had many business partners in the past, many performing partners and we would do a show or we would do a video and then spend four hours debriefing about the show. And mm. so I figured, okay, well, here's my new partner for life. I'm going to debrief with my wife and, and share <laughs> all the details. <laughs> right. Right. Because right. clearly, 
she she wants to know and and this is the source of my value so here it is and after five minutes she'd be like i'm i'm <laughs> I need more coffee. Right? <laughs> if she drank coffee, she would do that. And initially, I did not know how to handle that because I thought, "This is me. This is who I am. You don't, you don't care about me. Why, why would you, why would you do that?" Mm. And then I started to realize, "Oh wait, my wife does care about me, but she cares about me beyond just what I do." And I mm. thought, "She's messed in the head." <laughs> Like who does that? Nobody, nobody likes likes me for me. Everybody likes me for what I do. And you're telling me that that you care you care about me beyond my work, beyond my performance. Uh, we mm. gotta we gotta take a harder look at that. Mm. And um, a lot so, of that came out uh, man, in that first great. year. So then, so you came back to St. Louis, got married, and then just so again. The, the macro probably did, doesn't change for you. Now the micro's changed again, right? So now you got to right. figure out how to still achieve the dreams and goals that you'd like to have. But now you're doing it in the Midwest where I'm not sure how much sword fighting and, and all this is going on in St. Louis, right? So how hard yeah. is it to get plugged into the sword fighting scene of St. Louis when you come back <laughs> home? <laughs> that, that implies that there is a sword fighting scene. <laughs> It was it, it was tough, and I I thought I thought oh well you know now that I'm here and I can't do the film acting like I like I want to do that's that's when we created the entertainment company that's when I started moving more into production so I could mm. create work uh, for myself and for other people. Um, one of the crazy things that happened was in that first year I got a call from my agent. Uh, she was talking about uh, Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston were making their last movie together. This was back in 2005. And uh, hmm. they said they were trying to cast the main character in this. They were looking all over the country, uh, New York, L.A., uh, Vancouver, Chicago. They couldn't find anybody. But they just saw my headshot, and they wanted me to come down and audition for the title role of this film. And I was like, maybe we can do film acting from St. Louis. So I drove down to Nashville. I did the audition. The casting director was like, oh, my gosh, I love that. That was amazing. You gave me exactly what I've been asking for. Nobody else did. Good job, Jeff. And I'm like, I'm amazing. <laughs> like, I felt great. Right. I'm driving home uh, totally on a high. Um, two days mm. later, I get a call from my agent. And she goes, Jeff, they really loved your audition. Um, and they're getting ready to shoot in Vancouver in August. And we see on uh, on your calendar here that there is a conflict in August. What is that? And can you move that? Hmm. The conflict, George, was my wedding day. Oh, no. <laughs> right? Oh, no. So so here, here's, here's another example of, of macro and micro. So in that moment, you know, I, I hmm. talked with my fiance. <laughs> And we thought, okay, well, you know, the wedding is is solid because that's coming up in just a few months. But the honeymoon, we can we can postpone and make much bigger based on, on the film, right? On the film check, right? So I tell my agent, like the the date isn't changed, but we can we can redo the honeymoon. And then she goes, okay, well, I'll get back to you. And then she never did. And so I don't know if it was that or if it was something else. In, in at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. The, the reason I share that story is because it, I was looking for a career in film, not just a one-off. And, and with the career, I wanted to do that with my partner, with my fiance, with my wife, who I'm still married to today, uh, 15 years in August. 
Mm, yes. Right. But like that was that that was my macro, and I wasn't going to sacrifice that uh, for 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 this. Even though it would have been amazing to act opposite Brad Pitt and do all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. This this was my macro. So now, fifteen years later, if I ask you, George, have you ever heard of the film "The Assassination of Jesse James" by the coward Robert Ford? What would you say? I don't, unfortunately. A lot of people don't. There's there's a small percentage that know it, but in hindsight, I'm looking at this and going, I could have sacrificed all of this stuff with my wife, with with my kids, with uh, meeting mm-hmm. Jeff. Jeff Arthur, right, 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 and in doing what I do now as a speaker and a coach, that really fills me up, and and I think speaks to that that deep desire that I have to help people live those bold, authentic lives. I could have sacrificed all that to make a film that 15 years later most people don't even know about. Mm-hmm. Right. So and I think that's great. I, what a great story. Um, so when you come back and get married and get grounded and trying to still, you know, achieve your dreams and goals and everything you'd like to do professionally in the entertainment world yeah. in St. Louis, at some point you did you say, hey, I, I really like the, the perspective that you gave me. It's, uh, hey, I'm still pursuing this, but I'm pursuing this and it only takes up X amount of my day. Now right. I'm left with all this other time and how can I provide value to other people? And mm-hmm. I'm guessing that you said, well, I'm going to, you know, do some of this life coaching, this other, you know, uh, other coaching, speaking and things of that nature kind of centered around what I'm passionate about. Is that kind of how it came about? Like, hey, I I still want to do this and I'm going to pursue it, but I'm also going to do this because I have time. uh, (laughs) Like, how did that all come about? There, there, there are two answers to that. Uh, Answer number one is I feel like speaking and coaching allows me to equip people better right like the the performing is a is a great break and i believe there's a lot of value and and laughter and i and i can educate through that but as a as a speaker i can give you tools and as a coach i can give you tools and walk with you to create that sustainable change that really resonates with me um as a as a so so that was one reason i thought hey this is a way to do what i'm here to do uh more efficiently Uh, the Mm. second thing was the fact that um a career in entertainment uh, spe- specifically as a performer, meant I was doing 350 shows a year. Of those, 200 of them would happen in the summertime. And most people mm. want their entertainment at night and on the weekends and on holidays, which meant uh, as my kids got older, I was gone a lot. And so for six months out of the year, because you'd have, you'd have this month of prep where my wife and I would kind of start to, to split up and she'd get ready for being a single mom and I would get ready to to tax my body as hard as I could to chase down external value, right? In mm-hmm. in what I was doing, and then we'd have the three months where we we'd be living like this, and then there would be two months after that, which we call the reentry process. And mm-hmm. I'd be like, "Hi, I'm I'm your husband," and she'd be like, "We're good. <laughs> we <laughs> we got all this squared away." And I'm like, "No, I have some ideas." And she's <laughs> like, "Like, well, where were your ideas two months ago?" Right. And so. For half the year, I'm not living and and being a partner with the woman that I want to be a a partner with, mm. and so when I when I started to wake up and realize the the tax it was t- the the toll it was taking on my my marriage, and when I started to see behavior changes in my in my kids' attitudes, uh, it was that was a big wake up call for me to 
not only embrace the the coaching and speaking because it's a, a better fit for me, but also because what I was doing is really not sustainable. Mm. So it was yeah. it was a move out of necessity and a move for a for a better fit. And so yeah. right now in 2020, I was just rolling out a brand new program called the One for One, where uh, when a business who wants to you know pour into their own people, so they bring me in to do a keynote for them they would have the opportunity to sponsor at no additional charge a free presentation for local kids. They would pick the kids, I would go and I would do, do a presentation for them for free. So I thought here's a way to bring Juggling Jeff forward and mirror it or match it up um, in the business world with businesses that are, that are philanthropic. That's mm. all kind of been shut down for the moment. Right. <laughs> but right. I think there's gonna be a huge need for that come up in the, in the fall or in the winter once we get past whatever right. this is. Right. Um, so, you yeah. know, I, in, so since that's not working, I'm bringing the, the, the entertainment back uh, through the Facebook live feeds and yep. through the, the parties on the porch. Yeah, no, I've seen some of that, uh, of the social content the, you, you've changed my um, thinking on your macro. Your macro was probably never about entertainment and New York and LA and doing all this. I think your macro, uh, your, your macro is your faith and your uh, love and loyalty to your spouse, right? And the micro of that changes, right? That, that, that your, your macro is without question that, right? It is <laughs> like, you, like we talk a fair amount about purpose and knowing, you know, knowing your values and things of that nature with our podcast and that, and um, yeah. th that is your, you know, that that's, that's coming across with all the changes that you make and saying, you know what? Yeah, I'm gone 200 nights in the summer, but you know what? It is the best and being out in the crowd and the juice and energy that I give and what I'm able to value, I'm able to provide like that could juice you up. And I picture like, you know, you know, I follow country yeah. music, a country music singer that's just on the road all the time. But the reality is like, you know, no, I, I want to I'd rather be at home right with my kids and my wife. And that that is ultimately. And then when things get kind of misaligned, right, then you're sitting there right. and it, not that that decision was is ever easy, but I'm guessing that decision was easy for you, right? Be like, <laughs> it's time for me. It's time for me to go home. Well, well, well. Yes and no, because I I feel like the the macro before was was entertainment because that's what I saw as the source of my value. I think underneath all of that was mm. was a. Man, we're getting really cerebral. No, here. we <laughs> that was a was a larger macro that was about helping people. That was mm. about uh, giving people a place to be their authentic selves. Like all of that was there. I just don't think I was was aware that that was my was my guiding uh, mm. vision at the time. Yeah. Because because everything had been distorted for me into thinking I have to perform uh, for people's attention and respect and love and 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 connection. So I I think at the time that that was it. But once I met with Jeff, and uh, Jeff was one of of two guys that I remember in my life that that sat down with me and and had a conversation without judgment. <laughs> and I just right. thought, wait, who who does that? And mm -hmm. and so he had allowed allowed me or created a space for me to stop and step back and take a look at that larger picture. So along with that, living bold, authentic lives, uh, generously serving each other comes comes my wife comes my faith comes my work comes my kids so all of that they're like spokes that come out from that that central piece 
uh, and maybe and maybe you've already said this, but the time that you spent with Jeff, and I know what he does, and and really appreciate and admire how he does what he does, um, because it's 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 really impactful. Like I, yeah. I can't stress that enough. Like it was emotionally impactful for me when I went through it. It was wow. This is it was really something. Yeah. When you went through that process that he does. And you came out on the other end, and I know you've essentially said some of this already, but what were the values that you ended up coming away with on, like, I mean, he <laughs> locks it down. Like, you come out of there knowing exactly who you are, what you value, what's important to you, and the the direction the ship is headed. Right. I mean, you do. You do. Um, and it was impactful for me because I was like, I've never heard this before. I've never thought about this before. I've never thought of myself like this before. And when you rolled out of that conversation with him, what were the values and kind of that message that you came away with? Uh, well, for me, the the values were creativity, uh, loyalty, fun, and and mm-hmm. excellence. Now, mm. you you could say that uh, that the values I came up with uh, that that we discovered back then uh, were a little bit different. Uh, and the more that I've lived in those values, uh, the deeper I've, I've gotten. So it's been like an onion or like a parfait. Let's go with parfaits. Mm. Nobody yeah. likes onions. And so being able to look underneath uh, what I was able to see at the time, I was able to uncover uh, deeper values that drove those values. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. so yeah, to be able to step back and say, you know what, I'm my, my identity is not juggling Jeff. My identity is not a video producer or actor or fill in the blank to say that I am a responsible, loyal, controlled, wise, empathetic, and creative man uh, was incredibly life-giving for me. And then mm. to step back and say, I'm here to help people uh, experience more of who they are uh, by teaching anybody who wants to learn and, and setting the example. Uh, like, like that, that mm. freed me up to take a look at, at my focus issues because at the time I was doing photography, I was doing video and I was doing live performance and say, okay, well, just because you can, doesn't mean you should. So which of these most aligns with helping other people? Mm. And so I was able to say, okay, well, the photography is a hobby. The video is a hobby. The performing really aligns, but why? And then that goes back to what we were talking about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, man, that's big. Um, yeah. You've used a phrase uh, and two and uh, words uh, two or three times, and I'm now I'm trying and now I'm drawing Uh-oh. a but it's sustainable change, something along those lines. Is that the phrase yeah. that you've been using? What yeah. what's how do we do that? Because like, I'm telling you right now, like, hey, I've I've gone running three of the last four days, and I feel really <laughs> good about it. I'm getting up before I get on calls with my you know my professional life and the teams that I'm running, and I've gone out there, and my wife is you know pushing me to get out and run. She encouraged me to do it today after I said no three or four times. Um, but it's I'm about guaranteed- the team. It's about my team, right? But and <laughs> so I say, but how how do I how does somebody make those that that sustainable? How do I know that a month from now I'm up to four miles a day and enjoying myself and um, and appreciative of the, the that that change? And because I'm telling you right now, I don't think I can sustain it. <laughs> I'm just I'm being <laughs> honest. I'm not sure I can. I hope I can, but I'm telling you, you know, three out of four days, that's not bad, right? No. I, so when that's... you go visit with people and you try to make that point, and it sounds like it is a a point that you uh, you emphasize in your speaking. Um, 
And, and so how do you, how do you leverage that and how do you kind of, what's the narrative wrapped around that? That's a, that's a deep question. We'll, uh, we'll sum, we'll sum it up and say, um, (laughs) we was just talking, just talking about this yesterday. It's about finding a compass, uh, getting the right mindset and then surrounding yourself, uh, with a team. And Mm. so the, the compass in this particular case, uh, would be understanding who you are as a human being, apart from what you do, apart from your mistakes, apart from your circumstances, uh, to recognize that your value is not tied to something external, but your value is 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 internal. And as mm. a result, your internal value cannot be lost, cannot be stolen, cannot be increased. It is always full all the time. Um, mm. So to have have a compass there that that can then drive your your personal vision and mission allows you to know where to take the next step the next right step that comes from from the compass um, along with that you got to have the right mindset i love what carol dewick talks about with the growth mindset versus fixed mindset in her book wait for mm. it all right mindset okay <laughs> uh you know and because in the middle of this we've got to understand we're going to make mistakes everybody makes mistakes it's not a matter of if it's just a matter of of when and mm-hmm. so uh to be able to step forward and and run three out of four days and then maybe you go three days where you don't run and instead mm-hmm. of beating yourself up and say ah oh, i totally failed i totally messed this up you know i'm done with running you can stop and say no 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 wait does does the running align with who I am? And then you have that you switch from that power model to of is it right or wrong to the growth model of is this working or not working? Mm. And if it's not working and and it's in alignment with who you are, then you can you can get back on that and, and keep moving forward. Now to have that growth mindset, you need the compass, right? But you also need that team. Uh, and that team could be uh, could be a professional coach. Uh, somebody that can ask you questions, uh, that doesn't give advice, somebody that can listen, somebody that can hold that space of, of no judgment and safety and confidentiality. Uh, you could also add to your team friends or, or family that really care about you and that are really connected to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to your success or not. Um, and then the, the, the third circle there would be yourself. And I always say, hashtag, wash your brain. Mm. I mean, Zig Ziglar used to talk about how your your hands get dirty, you got to wash them. Your hands get dirty again, you need to wash them again. Now, you brush your teeth, you have to brush them again. Yes. Why? Because your teeth got, mm-hmm. got dirty. Dirty, right. So right. same thing, same thing with our brain. And mm-hmm. so the idea is to is to equip people with tools, uh, with a compass, uh, give them the option. Like you, you pick which mindset do you want, a growth or a fixed mindset. Um, you know, and mm. then and then to a team, not just me as their coach, but to expand that out. Because without that, without reminding ourselves who we are, then it's not sustainable. Mm. Uh, a lot of my clients come to me and they're they're looking for uh, a quick fix, uh, just like make it all better. But right. this value thing is not a stamp and mm-hmm. and done. It's not a one and done. It takes the constant repetition. So it's about teaching people, equipping people. Uh, with the right tools and then empowering them, encouraging them along the way. Why, why is it so important for us to understand? And I know the, I, I know I have my perspective on this and I think <laughs> I know the answer to it. I believe this is the answer that you'll give, but why, why is it so important for us to just start with the values and understanding exactly why is Jeff Arthur's exercise so important 
when he goes into businesses and teams and executives and CEOs, and he leads in with making sure everybody understands their values. And um, why is that so important for us to start with that? Why do you think it's important, George? Uh, Because I, I, yeah, nobody's ever asked me a question on my own podcast or uh, (laughs) LinkedIn Live before. No, I think it's important for us, and I continue to every, uh, 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 you know, reflect back every day uh, and be very introspective on how I can get better and what how what value I can provide and who I can influence and all that. But all at the the bottom of that is I've got to figure out my purpose and what I value and what I can give, and so I believe that is essentially why Jeff and you. Uh, and we've spent so much time here with that word of value. Like, I think we have to understand, um, like your values, um, to your point, like you knew what your values were, but you uncovered values that allowed those other values to grow and blossom. Right. And, and, uh, yeah. uh, and I think it's important. Everything starts with, you know, it's Jason who's on my podcast a lot. We, you know, you know, he talks about the why, you know, the Simon Sinek's yeah. it all starts with the why and understanding your purpose. Um, you know, um, yeah, I think it, it was Kevin Eastman. You may not know who he is. He's a basketball coach who is phenomenal. Even if you're not a basketball guy, I would encourage anybody to track down any content that Kevin Eastman puts out there. And I think his quote is something along the lines of, you know, your purpose is to do everything you can to fulfill your purpose. Right. Um, uh, and you've just got like, that's kind of what your day should be geared around. Um, and I, I believe that, you know, very long winded, but that's why I do believe it starts with the values and understanding your purpose and your why. Uh, yeah. It's going to be easier to lead. You know, it's going to be easier to make tough decisions if I understand my, what my why is, right? Um, well, it, well, yeah. I mean, if you know what your why is, there, there's your compass, and then you can that's your compass. You can either pick stuff up or you can set stuff down. If you don't, if you don't know what your why is, then you're going to give in to to whatever. When when I when I had my entertainment company, I was running it with a business partner. And I did not have a compass at the time. I did not mm. know what my why was. I was just chasing down external value through what we did. Mm. And so uh, my partner would throw out suggestions. Hey, let's do this. Sure. Now let's go over here. Let's do this. Absolutely. Now let's go do a show and send the profits to Africa so they can build wells. Absolutely. Like all good things, but I didn't I didn't have a, a, a compass to, to say, okay, no, wait, what is our company about? What drives us? And let's focus in on that. So um, I, as a result, we were just all over the place. Mm. Uh, to go back to your question about the values, I think we start there because <laughs> when you're, if you have values, personal values, if you have uh, these professional values, um, if they're met, then you're showing up more present, more authentic as yourself, and mm. you're able to be more productive, and you're able to communicate much more effectively. If you have a value and it's not being met, you know, if you're working in an environment where you value um, integrity, and people are like, ah, just just do what you can and just send it out the door, that's going to drive you nuts. And mm. if you don't know what your value is, you're going to be driven nuts, and you're going to have no idea why. Right. <laughs> Uh, if you value excellence and it's just uh, just meet the status quo, or if you value um, openness or, or communication and you work in an environment where you're not able to talk to your boss or you don't have an HR department, um, that's going to that's gonna drive you crazy and you're not going to be able to uh, enjoy your job or, or be productive. And you might end up getting mm-hmm. let go because you're not putting out what 
what your what your employee or employer or your boss wants. But if you know what the values are, and then as an employer, if you know what your employees' values are, oh my gosh, like mm, right. <laughs> it's it's like the secret key. Now I now I know you know how how to meet you and, and communicate with you. Then we can all rise to the next level. And then, like you said, from your values, you can pull out your purpose and your why, and then keep moving forward. Yeah, somebody really uh, the the, uh, the coach I had on yesterday, the gentleman I had on yesterday, Jamie Beckler, who was phenomenal. Uh, he has been outstanding. He's a John Maxwell per, uh, trainer as well. <laughs> um, but no, I mean he had this great thing, uh, and I'm not going to get it exactly right, but he said something along the lines of, you know, these companies that. Uh, you know, that didn't treat employees well and uh, didn't have great, you know, their values weren't aligned and all this sort of stuff. Then um, now when we're doing this pandemic and businesses are shutting down and people aren't treating people right, like they're just living that they're just continuing with that. Right. They're just but if yeah. you these companies and it's th this is the first company because I ate there the other night. We went to uh, Longhorns uh, here in St. Charles and we just got carry out and all that. And I we were talking with the people that were running it about how the CEO isn't getting paid for a year and he's making sure he can keep people paid and all that. Wow. That's somebody that probably treated his employees like that when things were great, right? Yeah. Like when things were great and we didn't have that, his values were in line with, you know, serving and purpose and he understood all that. And so when all this happens and people are let go and fired and things of that nature, he's just continuing to live his values. He's continuing yeah. to set the standard. He's like, nothing's changed. Now, I, I've got to juggle some things, but me taking care of my people and making sure they have good lives and they're supported and all that, like, yeah, it's it, to the point of what you, you said, um, you know, if you know what where your values lie and you're living them and you're, uh, um, then it makes all the hard decisions easier because you know where you stand, right? Yeah. The hard decision of giving up my salary for a year as a CEO that's an easier decision when I know my values, um, you know, and it's like that's a no brain decision for some of these CEOs having to make those decisions right now. Yeah. So, and, you know, I, I would I, easy might might be the right word. Yep. Uh, I, I got gotcha. you. I might throw out uh, clearer like the yeah. like yep. the, the decision like is clear. You know where you got to go. Uh, but I think uh, because. Every day, especially in America, we're getting messages that say uh, your value comes from what you do, comes from what you have, your bank account or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, I think we're we're constantly fighting to stay on our on our intrinsic value versus looking for it out here. And as such, uh, it's I think it's really easy to fall back into an old belief system uh, that makes those decisions more difficult. So, you know, if you can, if you can wash your brain, if you can talk with a, with a coach or, or a mentor uh, to help, help get you back to your compass, then, then the decision is clear. Uh, it might not be the easiest, but the more we make those decisions, the easier they'll, they'll become. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know we're kind of running out of time here. I told you when we started going, I said, hey, I think we got some comments interest here. And this will be longer than a 30 minute. I think I promised you 30 minutes. We're at 51 right now. Oh um, so what, what's core authenticity? You have this here on the thing. What, 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 what is that? What's that mean to you? Is it just the name of a company that you that you work with? What is core authenticity? Well, core like I said earlier, core authenticity is is here to help people live those bold, core authentic lives. I think that you know you can be um, 
20 years ago when I was pursuing entertainment, I was authentically an entertainer because that that's, that's the level that I had gotten to core authenticity exists to help us get down below all the way wait from here, all Mm -hmm. the way down here to, to the root, right? I want to help people get down to who they are as a human being underneath their roles and, and everything else and, and live from that place, not from the place of, you know, I am authentically a father. Yes, I am authentically a husband. I'm authentically a son, a brother, a business owner. Um, like I, I am all of that. But mm-hmm. but underneath that, there there's there's me, the that responsible, loyal. Like that that's that's the core of me. And then to help people live boldly from that, not to make reckless decisions, but to take calculated risk and to say, no, this is who I am, and as such. I'm going to draw a boundary line where I need to draw a boundary line. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to take a step, even though I don't uh, don't know necessarily how that's going to play out. It is in alignment with who I am and my values. So I'm going to boldly mm-hmm. take that step and move forward. And I believe when we're doing that, then we can be more generous with our time, uh, with our resources, with our opportunities. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, and, and if we're if we're not there, if we look for our value externally then then the generosity shrinks right because if my value comes from how much money i have i'm not going to give that away <laughs> if my value mm-hmm. comes from what i do as a performer then i'm not going to promote other performers <laughs> like mm. because what happens if they get mm-hmm. my job oh no then then my value shrinks i can't do that yeah. even though another performer might be a better fit and then in the coaching world there are a lot of coaches out there but i feel like coaches are just like photographers <laughs> you know you can you can hire a photographer to take your family photo um, if you hire based on their resume their portfolio um, they might have the best portfolio they might have the best equipment right but if they don't have a good fit with you you're not going to be relaxed on camera and you're not going to get a good shot you need to have a good fit with your photographer they might have less expensive equipment and not as great portfolio but if you have a good fit you're going to get amazing photo and I think the same thing happens with coach. Now, if I find mm. my value in being a coach, then I'm not promoting anybody else. Mm. But if I find my value internally, then I can be very generous with my contacts and say, hey, I might not be the best fit for you. You might need to talk to Jeff Arthur. You might need to talk to uh, fill in the blank, right? And it's mm-hmm. and it's about then I'm able to show up and be present, fully present and meet people where they are. So bold, core authentic lives. And so I... I do that through talking to people through keynotes. Uh, I do that through one-on-one coaching. I also check it out. Wrote a book. All uh, right, a blueprint. Blueprint for value. Yeah, and the reason I wrote this is because when I'm out on the on the front line and I'm getting shot up and I'm starting to question my value, I need a real quick pick me up. So I put 52 habits in here to help keep our perceptions high to match the reality. So it's like. Let's see. Mm. One habit per page, super easy. So that way you can mm-hmm. just grab it. You can do that quick mindset adjustment while you're out there and then keep going. That's so, perfect. Now, how can we get that book? Is that you is it on Amazon? It it is on Amazon. It perfect. was a bestseller on Amazon. What? <laughs> so I will put a link to your book on my show notes here once we're done. This will oh, be thanks. live, and then I go back and edit everything. And other than me putting a tag to your name here on LinkedIn so people can track you down, what other what are the other ways people can track you down uh, to connect with you? 
Well, I'm right here on LinkedIn, uh, Jeff Kozatek, K-O-Z-I-A-T-E-K. Uh, you can check mm -hmm. out my website, coreauthenticity.com. Uh, on that site, you can learn more about my speaking and coaching. You can check out my book. I've also got a resources tab with some videos that I used for coaching. They're not funny. <laughs> They're just meant to start mm. questions. <laughs> okay. Um, and then you can find me on Facebook at Core Authenticity. Okay. I'll make sure to put all those in the show notes so people can track you down. Um, there's a coach. Uh, he's actually, he left. Um, he, there was a coach here in Missouri at a Division II basketball program. Um, how's this for a coaching name? His name is Sundance Wicks. And um, he I've known about uh, Coach Wicks, Sundance, for actually a long time. And I've followed his career. But he's got a phrase um, that um, that I really like. And it's he uses the word juice. And he, with his team, he says, bring your own juice, which essentially means, hey, you better bring some energy and enthusiasm. And he calls it juice. You better bring juice every day. And I say that because, man, right when we logged on, um, you, you, you live your life with a lot of juice and, and that juice and enthusiasm and energy that you have, of of definitely trickled to me and got me excited about, uh, this interview and, and spending some time with you. But, um, man, I appreciate the juice that you, that you brought to me and brought to everybody listening. And, um, and I, I, the last thing I encourage everybody get on whatever platform you're most comfortable with. So, you know, uh, you know, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever it is. But I just encourage people to connect with as many people as yeah. possible. Sometimes I just sit there and click connect, connect, connect. And that's fine because one conversation, right? And th that is exactly right. how Jeff and I got connected. It was me. <laughs> I, I, I'm guessing it was me. It was me just clicking connect with a bunch of people. And then I believe that you uh, sent me a message and I sent you a message and we went back and forth and we, right. and, and it's perfect, right? Because this is uh, exactly what I uh, needed today. Um, there's awesome. uh, stuff you gave me today will change my perspective on things with me moving forward. And when all this is done, you're going to let me take you out to lunch and, and, and all that sort of stuff and, and figure well, out okay. how we can uh, connect. <laughs> well, okay. So man, I, I can't thank you enough, Jeff. Really can't really appreciate the connection and the conversation um, and, and a cup of coffee. Can I throw out one more thing? Yeah, absolutely. One more thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right now, uh, everybody's dealing with this crazy, crazy mix up because of the virus. Right. And yep. so a lot of people, uh, <laughs> like me, where most of my, most of my income comes from keynotes and, and performances, that's all gone. So similar to mm -hmm. me, a lot of people have had their income totally wiped out and they have no idea where that's going to come from next. Uh, some people have been mm -hmm. laid off. Some people, um, I mean, we're dealing with with health challenges, and then you're dealing with the social distancing stuff. So there's there's a lot of um, <laughs> that was a that was a drastic, uh, immediate, forced change on a lot of people that happened really really fast. And yeah. with that, there's a lot of loss. And I want to just encourage people to take time to grieve, and that's okay to to mourn the loss of once was. And, and then move forward. I keep running into people that say, well, you know, we're, we're, we're going to get through this. It'll be fine. You know, and then I'm like, no, wait, it, I, I agree with that. But I'm also having this emotional reaction. And the emotional reaction isn't right or wrong. It's not good or bad. It's just, it's just where I'm at. And I need to hold space for that so that I can move forward in a, in a healthy way. When you tell me that, oh, mm. we're just going to get through this, just keep going, then I'm carrying all this baggage with me. And that's not going to be good for anybody. Mm. 
or people that hmm. say, oh, well, well, uh, Jeff, you know, you're not the only one that lost all of your income. So, you know, suck it up. <laughs> like you've just minimized what I'm feeling, which actually makes me feel worse, which keeps me stuck in this rut. Uh, and then hmm. other people that, that won't even engage in that because they're too, um, for, for whatever reason, right? But they were just, we're just not going to touch it. And I, so I want to encourage people to, to stop, to take a moment, to recognize that that's okay to grieve um, and mm. but then not not to let your grief or your mourning define who you are and and hold you down uh, to, to recognize that it's there and that we can move forward we can have hope we can be optimistic and still be realistic and engage with our reality at the same time we don't mm. have to turn a blind eye and and ignore the pain of of today to have hope for tomorrow we can do both Mm. We can do both. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate you saying all that. Um, that is a, I appreciate that perspective uh, quite a bit. I mean, there's, there's a lot going on right now and there is a lot of pain right now, not just in terms of health, but, um, yeah. and this is, this is throwing everybody for a loop and that perspective uh, we should all share. So I, I appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, but I'll make sure everybody, um, Jeff knows how to track you down that listens to this. And, and again, I, I appreciate the connection more than you know. And, and I, I've said in my podcast a number of times, there's only two things that change your life. And that's the people you meet and have conversation with and the books you read. Um, and that's an old coaching yeah. uh, thing that I picked up years ago. And so I'm all about trying to connect with as many people and have as many conversations as I can because I want to continue to improve and get better. And, uh, and you, without question, have done that for me and the people listening today. Um, but everybody, I encourage you to connect with Jeff online here at LinkedIn and his, his, his name will be in my show notes. Just click on that then click the connect button and send him a note. Jeff, I appreciate the hour and one minute that you have spent with us and the juice and energy that you brought to all of us today. Thank you. I appreciate you, George. Thanks for showing up and doing what you do. Okay. Thank you. Everybody take care. We'll talk tomorrow. Take care. Bye.